we present Arthur Lowe, John LeBessure, and Clive Dunn in Dad's Army. <laughs> Sergeant Wilson's Little Secret, featuring James Beck, Arnold Ridley, and Ian Lavender, with this week's guests, Bill Pertwee and Pearl Hackner. <laughs> Here is the latest news, and this is John Snag reading it. Although it's only a few weeks since they answered their country's call, Britain's Home Guard is rapidly developing into a splendid force of seasoned troops. At Warrington-on-Sea, the local platoon is assembled in their headquarters, the church hall. Good evening, men. Blimey. That looks like my mum's aspidistra. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a gooseberry bush with legs on. <laughs> my mum says I was found under a gooseberry bush. <laughs> Not the same one, I hope. <laughs> now, I expect you're all wondering why I'm dressed up like this. Well, you do look funny, Mr. Mannering. Quiet, quiet. <laughs> now, seeing me like this, with these branches, twigs, leaves and ferns about my person, what do you think is going to be the subject of my lecture? A flower arrangement, sir? <laughs> no, Godfrey. Camouflage. I'll explain. Camouflage is the art of merging with your background. Working from head to toe, we start with a helmet. Now, over this is a net. And you will notice that I have grass tucked under the net. Just look at your own helmets and you'll see. Godfrey? Uh, yes, Mr. Bannon? Where's your net? I'm afraid I left it at home. You, you see, my sister's been using it as a shopping bag. <laughs> it's awfully good for carrying potatoes. This is disgraceful. Pike, where's your net? I didn't know you had to stick grass and things in it, Mr. Mannering. I thought it was just what the helmet came wrapped in. I've been using it for fishing. Stupid boy. Now listen, this is serious. The next time you, Pike, and you, Godfrey, come on parade, you will both have nets, even if you have to crochet them yourselves. Is that clear? Oh, yes, yes, Mr. Mannering. Yes. Now, as you can see, I've kept the grass on my helmet fairly short. This is so that it will blend in with most backgrounds. Uh, if I had tall tufts of grass sticking out of my helmet, it would, it would look a bit odd. Especially if you were trying to hide on a bowling green. <laughs> You'll observe that the rest of me is covered in foliage. <laughs> Except for my boots, which I have encased in a mixture of mud and wattle. I was going to ask you about that. I thought perhaps you'd trodden in something. <laughs> now, are there any questions? Uh, yes, sir. What do we do in winter when you can't get any foliage? That's a very good question, Godfrey. Anyone got any ideas? Yes, sir. What about converting yourself in holly leaves, sir? <laughs> yes, that's an excellent idea, Jones. You just cover yourself with holly leaves instead of foliage. Uh, but supposing you were covered in holly leaves and you want to be excused. <laughs> what do you do then? You just have to use your own initiative, Godfrey. <laughs> now the face. Because we can't put foliage on our faces. <laughs> so we have to blacken them up, and uh, for that we use corks. Yes, of course, you've got a black face to start with. Yeah. <laughs> Be quiet, John. Well, them whirling dervishes, they didn't use corks, because they was black already, you see. Yes, I take your point. Well, most of them were some yeah, of them. Yeah, all right, all right, yes, <laughs> I don't. Now, champagne corks are the best. You cook them under a grill until they're burnt right through, and then... Serve them up on toast. <laughs> Very tasty. Very sweet. <laughs> All right, quiet, quiet, Walker. You grind them to a powder, mix with grease, and keep in an old tin. This mixture is then applied to the face. 
Now, I hope you've taken all this in, because I want you to parade back here in one hour's time, and I want everyone to camouflage themselves. Is that clear? Yes. Right. Tune. Dismiss. <laughs> Oh, yes. Excellent turnout, men. Don't you think so, Wilson? Oh, I said it was absolutely first class, sir. Yes. Who is this, hiding under this pile of old straw? I'm afraid I haven't the faintest idea, sir. You can't see his face. Hold you, sir. It's me, Walker. I'm a small haystack. <laughs> well, heavens, Walker. I think it's a very good camouflage, don't you, Wilson? Oh, yes, I do, sir. Awfully good, yes, sir. Bless you! Pike. What on earth's the matter with you? I can't stand it, sir. It's my hay fever. Well, don't stand next to him, then. Move to the end of the line. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Oh. Now then, Godfrey, what's this supposed to be? Uh, well, I tried several things on, sir, but none of them really seemed to suit me. So I thought I'd settle for this. I'm a beehive, sir. <laughs> <clears throat> what's that you've got around your face? My beekeeping master. But it's full of holes. Oh, that's all right, sir. My bees are quite friendly. Yes. It was very good, but um, why this flowered sash round your stomach? Don't you think it tends to kill the effect somewhat? Well, I got the idea from a film I saw at the Odeon last week. It was called Her Jungle Love. It had Dorothy Lamour and Victor Mature in it. It was awfully good. Hmm. What's that got to do with camouflage? I don't really know, sir. I just thought it looked rather. Uh, Open air. I see. Right, who's in charge here? I am, Captain Mannering. Oh, it's you again. Well, in case you've forgotten, I'm Warden Lodges, and I'm in charge of this area, and the blackout's not properly on that window. The light's shining right through. Oh, Pike, put the blackout straight on that window behind you. Right, Mr. Mannering. Now, if I have any more trouble from this place, I personally will remove all the light bulbs. I'm sure we all have our jobs to do, Warden, but, uh... Aren't you going a bit far? No, I'm not. Enemy aircraft could have spotted that night from miles away. Yes, well, it's fixed now, so if you'll excuse me, I'm in the middle of a camouflage exercise. Blimey, is that what it is? Looks more like the Arby's Festival. <laughs> you please get off my premises. All right, I'm going. But I've warned you! Oh, what a rude man. Yes, isn't he, Wilson? Never mind, let's carry on. Where were we? Uh, we'd gone as far as Corporal Jones, sir. Ah, yes. Jones, why aren't you wearing camouflage? I am, sir. I'm camouflaged as a butcher. <laughs> you are a butcher. I know that, and you know that, but Jerry doesn't. I don't think I quite follow this. Well, sir, you see, I was standing outside my shop, you know, in a nonchalant pose, you see, sir. Yeah. And a Jerry soldier comes along, and he will treat me with ignore, because he doesn't know that I'm in the home guard and with deadly intentions. He just think I'm a normal pork butcher, you see, sir. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and then when he's not looking, I go whoop. Go on. I go whoop. Right, that been with the old cold steel. That's the one thing they don't. They don't like it, you know. They don't like it. All right, all right. Thank you. Well aware of that fact. Now, what's the meaning of this, Pike? What's your excuse? Don't tell me your camouflage as a bank clerk. No, of course not. I've got a note for you, Mister Manning. It's from my mum. What's this? I don't want young Frank covered in a lot of damp leaves. It will only set off his chest again. Right, this is the finish. Wilson, come into my office at once. All right, sir. I've never heard anything like this in all my life, Wilson. The way Mrs. Pike mollycoddles her son is absurd. Always sending notes and coming down here and interfering with the running of the platoon. 
I tell you, Wilson, it's got to stop. Yes, sir. I mean, supposing all the other men arrived with notes from their mothers. <laughs> Look a bit off, wouldn't it? it? Certainly would, sir. At their ages. Yes. <laughs> the fact is, Wilson, somebody has got to talk to Mrs. Pike. And as you seem to be quite friendly with her, I think it ought to be you. You are quite friendly with her, aren't you? Well, yes, I take her out to the cinema now and then. I see. And I quite often go round and have a meal with her. That sort of thing. What sort of thing? Well, whatever she happens to be cooking at the time, sir. Oh. Well, you see, she has my ration book, and that makes things a lot easier. Yes, I'm sure it does. The point is, you've got to tell her, Wilson. Well, yes, yes. I might be seeing her for tea tomorrow. I'll tell her then. See that you do. Oh, dear. What is it, Mum? Oh, it's this letter from the WVS. They want to know if we can take in an evacuee. Oh, really? Oh, I suppose we ought to do all we can to help. I think we could manage one, all right. You can have that little room at the back. Yeah. All right, let them know tonight. Isn't Uncle Arthur supposed to be coming to tea today, Mum? Yeah. I expect you'll be here in a minute. You don't mind, do you? Oh, no, Mum, I quite like Uncle Arthur. No. I mean, you don't mind us having a little evacuee to stay with us. Oh, no, no, I don't mind. Oh, it will be nice having a little child about the house again. I wonder if it'll be a boy or a girl. Oh, well, we'll just have to wait and see, won't we? Yes, yes. You know, Frank, it's going to be rather nice being a mother again after all these years. Oh, by the way, don't say anything to Uncle Arthur about this just at the moment. No. Let me tell him in my own time. Okay, Mum. Oh, oh, that'll be him now. Go and let him in while I get his tea. And don't forget, not a word. Right, Mum. Come in, Uncle Arthur. Oh, thank you, Frank. Mum won't be a minute. She's just getting your tea. Oh, I see. Oh, good, I'm hungry. Uncle Arthur. Mm -hmm. Yes, right, yes. I know something you don't know. <laughs> really, do you? There's going to be someone else living with us soon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I know? I'm not supposed to tell. But it's a little stranger. A little? What? <laughs> sure? Yes. Well, it's the first I've heard of it. Well, Mum's only just found out herself. <laughs> She says she's quite looking forward to being a mother again. Oh, is she? Yeah. Doesn't know whether it'll be a boy or a girl, though. Well, no, I... She wouldn't, I suppose. <laughs> oh, there you are, Arthur. Here's your tea. You're a bit late today. Ooh, and you do look pale. Are you all right? What? Oh, oh, yes, yes. Oh, he does look pale, doesn't he, Frank? Well, you know what they say, Mum? Pale and passionate. <laughs> <laughs> now, that will do, Frank. Aren't you going to eat anything, Arthur? Hmm? What? I said, don't you want anything to eat? Oh, well, no, no, no. Not, not just now, thank you. Well, you must eat something. I know. I managed to get some of those nursery biscuits today. I'll fetch them. No, no, no. Please don't bother me, because I'm quite all right. But you like nursery biscuits, Arthur. They're your favourite. They've got icing on the top, with little children on them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know perfectly well what they look like, Mavis, and I don't want any. Oh, there's no need to snap like that, Arthur, especially after me using all my points to get them. Oh, I'm so sorry, Mavis. I, I'm, I'm just not hungry. Well, if I'd known, I wouldn't have wasted my points on them. I've got to be very careful with everything on points, you know. Seems about the only thing you can have these days that's not on points is a baby. Now, Frank, don't be coarse. <laughs> I'm sure I don't know where you'll get it from. Unless it's from those rough men in the home guard. I think I shall have to speak to Mr. Mannering about oh, it. Oh, Mavis, please. I'd, I'd better get into my uniform, Mum. Soon be time to parade. Oh. I don't know 
wonder what's the matter with you tonight, Arthur. Hmm? It's not like you to look so miserable all the time. Now, look, Mavis, Frank let slip something just now. Oh, you mean about the addition to the family? Oh, that's right, yes, yes. Mm, he can't keep anything to himself, that boy. Anyway, why should you worry about it? Well, of course I worry. I just can't understand why you're taking it so calmly, Mavis. Well, what do you expect me to do? I mean, it isn't as though I'm the only woman in this predicament. Yeah, I know, but I, you see, I feel responsible, Mavis. Well, I don't see why you should. After all, I'm the one who's decided to have the child. Yeah, but, 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 but why? Why? Because there's a war on, and we must all do our bit. <laughs> What's the war got to do with it? Well, I wouldn't be having the child if there wasn't a war on, would no, I? No, Mavis, be, be, you ready, Uncle Arthur? Be late for eight. Yes, all right, all right, Frank, all right. I, I, I'm coming. Now, as you'll have read on the notice board, we're starting a competition each month for the best suggestions for improvised weapons or means of defence. The prize will be awarded for the best idea, which will be paid for out of platoon funds, and supplied by Lance Corporal Jones. What have you got for us, Mr. Jones? Half a pound of liver and a quarter pound of chitlings. <laughs> you hear that, Ned? Half a pound of liver, quarter pound of chitlings. What, uh, what are chitlings? <laughs> a secret part of a pig, sir. <laughs> really? A worthy prize indeed. Now, we have three entries. Sergeant Wilson, Lance Corporal Jones and Private Walker. Sergeant Wilson will demonstrate his idea first. Sergeant Wilson? Wilson? What? Uh, oh. We're yes, waiting for you to demonstrate your grenade-firing crossbow. My what, sir? Your grenade-firing crossbow. Oh, I'm terribly sorry, sir. I'm afraid I've left it at home. Look here, sir. What is the matter with you? You've been in a daydream all the evening. You're not ill, are you? What? Uh, no, no, sir, no. Well, pull yourself together. Right. I'll speak to you after the parade. Uh, in the absence of Sergeant Wilson's crossbow... Our next entry is Lance Corporal Jones, who will demonstrate an anti-tank device. Right, carry on, Jones. Thank you, sir. Now, sir, I'd like you to imagine, if you will, that the floor of the hall here is the roadway, right? Yes. Now then, I place a road in a plate upside down in, the, in a line right across the road, like so. You did say this was an anti-tank trap, Jones? Yes, that's right, sir. That's right, sir. With dinner plates? Yes, as with dinner plates. Of course, you could use side plates or you could use saucers if you want to. Mind you, saucers are a bit small. They might not see them and you, you can't rely on Germans having good eyesight. Just because they're Germans, that doesn't mean they've got good oh, eyesight. No, all of it. Get on with it. Yes, sir. Right. So now the enemy tank comes unsuspecting down the road. Suddenly, to his amazement, he sees a row of plates lying in his path. He doesn't know what they are, you see, so he stops his tank, opens the turret, and gets out to have a look. You've fallen the drift of what I'm saying. Yes, I think so. Anyway, the Nazi tank driver, he goes over to look at the plates, and he says to himself, My God in Himmel, he ejaculates. Hello! <laughs> oh, hock, hock, what are these dinner plates doing in the middle of the road? Of course, he, he, he talks in the German vernacular, you know, yes. sir. Because he talked in the English vernacular, he wouldn't know what look, he was look, saying himself. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Go on, will you? Yeah, right. So, well, in the meantime, we have secreted ourselves behind some cover, you see. And as he bends down to look at the plates, we let him have it. Ping! Right in the dinner service. <laughs> How's that, sir? It's a very interesting suggestion. Oh, thank you very much, sir. Our next entry is Private Walker, who will demonstrate the, uh, what is it? Well, sir, I can claim without fear of contradiction that here I have the greatest invention since chain mail. 
Now, look at this, ladies and gentlemen. Just a minute. You're not in the marketplace, you know. Get on with the demonstration. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. It's a sort of false of All right, well, get on with it. I would like to demonstrate my all-purpose shoulder protector. Now, you will observe that it is made from half of an old rubber tyre, which fits over the shoulders thus, and protecting them from shrapnel or a blow from a weapon. Get right, Godfrey. Here, listen. Hit me on the shoulder with your bayonet. You think I ought? I, I, I might hurt you. Yeah, no, no, you won't. Now, go on, hit me. Get, hit me as hard as you can. Oh, very well. There. There. There you are. I didn't feel a thing. That's an excellent idea, Walker. Thank you, Mr. Marion. Now, who's the winner? You've had two very good suggestions. It's a hard decision to make. But I do feel that Walker's suggestion has a more practical application than your dinner plates, Jones. So in that case, I declare Walker the winner. Oh, thank you very much. There's no doubt about it, Wilson. Walker's idea is absolutely first class, don't you agree? Uh, oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, first class, sir, yes. I think we ought to equip the whole platoon. I see there's 17 of us. That means we should require nine old tyres. Uh, yeah, there's just one snag about this idea, Mr. Mannering. What's that? Well, it's very difficult to get old tyres. <laughs> Rubber's like gold in wartime. But why did you suggest it in the first place? Yeah, hold on a minute. I said they were difficult to get. I didn't say they was impossible. What's that supposed to mean? Well, it so happens that I've got a few <laughs> old tyres in stock. <clears throat> and I can let you have nine at ten shillings each. How's that? It's outrageous. Besides, we only need eight and a half tyres. Yeah, all right, all right. I'll tell you what. I'll do you nine for four quid. Out of the question. <laughs> Excuse me. Yes, Godfrey. Uh, my friend has some old tyres. He ruddy well would have, wouldn't he? <laughs> you can have them for nothing. I'll tell you what. I'll cut them up for half a crown a time. Be quiet, Walker. Cobble Jones? Sir? Yes, Mr. Man. Sir? And Wilson. Sir? I want to see you in the office right away. Right, sir. Yes, sir? Come in, Wilson. Close the door. Yes, sir. <clears throat> now, what's the matter? The matter, sir? Yes. Yeah. You've been in a daydream all night. Several times I've spoken to you and you, you haven't been listening. And on top of that, you go and leave your grenade-firing crossbow behind. Well, you see, sir, it's, um, it's a bit difficult. You better sit down. Oh, Thank you, sir. Now, what is it? You're in some sort of trouble. Well, it, it, no, see, it, it's not me that's in trouble, sir. It's, uh, it's, uh, maybe it's, it, it's, uh, Mrs. Pike. What do you mean? Well, she's, uh, she, she's, uh, um... Now, look, look, Wilson. <laughs> I'm not only your commanding officer, I'm also your friend. Oh, good, good, thank you. And you need have no hesitation in confiding in me. Now, what is all this about Mrs. Pike? She's going to have a baby. Oh, splendid. <laughs> I expect her husband will be delighted. Especially what... <laughs> Just a minute. She's a widow, isn't she? Yes, yes. Then how can she have a baby? <laughs> oh, I see. I thought you said you only went round there for meals. <laughs> I told you she had my ration card, sir. Yes, now she's got something else, isn't she? <laughs> really? I can't believe my ears. You know, I've come to the conclusion, Wilson, that I, I don't know you very well at all. You're a cad, that's what you are. How long have you known her? Well, uh, quite a number of years, sir. Why on earth haven't you asked her to marry you? Well, I don't know. I, I never really got round to it. Well, you better get around to it, haven't you, at once? Can't go about behaving like Errol Flynn, you know. <laughs> what do you think the directors of the bank would say if they knew? I've really no idea, sir. Well, I have. And there's only one thing for it. You must do the honourable, decent thing and ask her to marry you. Yes, yes. I, I think you're right, sir. 
I'll have a word with her in the next few days. You'll have a word with her tonight. You don't seem to realize there's no time to lose. Yes, well, it's Tuesday, sir. What on earth's that got to do with it? Well, she'll be in bed and asleep. You see, she always goes to bed early on Tuesday. You see, she gets terribly tired on Monday. <laughs> Why on Monday? Well, you know how it is. Shop. Well, you'll just have to wake her up, won't you? When I see you at the bank at nine o'clock tomorrow morning, I shall expect to hear that it's all settled. Very well, sir. I'll go round there now. Me? Mavis? Mavis? I must speak to you at once. Arthur! What on earth do you want at this time of the night? Well, it's only ten o'clock. I, I must see you at once. Really? What will the neighbours think? All right. Hold on. I'll come down. Just a minute. What's going on here? Right, gotcha! Let's see your identity card. What? Oh, it's you, Warden. Oh, dear. You took me by surprise. Yes, I bet I did. Hold on. You're the sergeant from the home guard, aren't you? Yes, that's right, yes. What are you doing here, then? Guarding this home? Well, no, I... I, I saw I, you creeping I, around in the doorway, so I thought I'd better check up. Oh, I see. Uh, going to do a bit of breaking and entering, were you? No, of course not. No. What are you up to, then? Some sort of night exercise, is it? Uh... <laughs> yes, yes, that's it, yes. That's funny. I haven't seen any more of your blokes about. Well, I'm sort of on my own, you see. Uh, it's a, you see, it's a, an initiative test. Arthur, darling, are you still there? If your name's Arthur, I reckon you've passed. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, unless you're deaf, there's someone trying to talk to you through that letterbox. Oh, really? Arthur! Yes? Oh, I thought you'd gone. Good job you arrived when you did. I've only just got undressed. <laughs> you ought to be all right there, Arthur. <laughs> why are you laughing, Arthur? I'm not laughing. Maybe it's why on earth don't you open the door? I've taken the blackout down. Besides, I've got my mother staying with me. What would she think? Oh, Mavis, please. If you'd come another five minutes later, I should have been in bed. Well, I'll uh, leave you to it, Arthur. <laughs> Night exercises, eh? <laughs> Why do you keep laughing, Arthur? Oh, Mavis, please, do open the door. I want to talk to you. Well, you can talk through the letterbox. Oh, really, this is absurd. What is it you want to say? Will you marry me? Arthur! Darling! Oh, I think you'd better come in. I've only got five minutes. Put that lot out! Don't stand at ease. I dismissed you a little early tonight, man. As you know, Sergeant Wilson and Mrs. Pike are getting married on Saturday. And I'm sure we're all very, really, very pleased about that. <laughs> Uncle Arthur, yes. will I have to call you Daddy after Saturday? <laughs> right, really, there's no need to go into that now. Now, we are going to provide Guard of Honour. And I want to have a little rehearsal. So, we'll assume that the door at the back of the hall is the entrance to the church. Now, when the happy couple appear, I want you to draw your bayonets and form an arch. All right, Wilson, take your place by the door. Really, sir? Is this necessary? Of course it's necessary. Want to get it right, don't we? Go and take your place by the door. Right, sir, right. Now, wait a minute. We need somebody to stand in for Mrs. Pike. Now, who's about her height? Permission to speak, sir. Yes, Jones. <laughs> I'd like to volunteer to be about her height, sir. Good man. 
really, sir. Surely, surely, I, I don't have to walk down the aisle with Jones, do I? Well, he's only pretending, Mr. Wilson. <laughs> oh, don't be such a spoil sport, Wilson. Go stand by the door. And Jones, you go and stand on Sergeant Wilson's left. Sir. Right. Are you ready? Yep. The, uh, the organ will be playing, of course, but uh, we'll have to imagine that. Oh, Captain Mannering, Mendelssohn happens to be my favourite composer. If I might be allowed to do the honours? Yes, yes, certainly, Godfrey. Off you go. Right, now, move forward, Wilson. Good. Take his arm, Jones. Oh, come along, Wilson. Let Jones take your arm. Come on, let me better. Right, guard about up. Present. Better. For goodness sake, smile, Wilson. You're not going to a funeral. It's a wedding day. Uh, Godfrey, go- Godfrey, I think you can stop playing the organ now. <laughs> right, now come slowly towards me. Imagine I'm the photographer, right? Excuse me. Now, who's going to give uh, Jones away? It'll have to be you, Fraser. Sorry to interrupt you, Mr. Mannering. Well, it's quite all right, Mr. Pike. We were just rehearsing for the big day. Oh. I expect you've got a lot of last-minute things to discuss with the groom. Well, I, if I could just have a word with Arthur. Of course. Arthur, mm-hmm. our little newcomer has arrived. What? <laughs> Heavens. It's a dear little boy. But that's impossible. When? About half an hour ago. <laughs> Shouldn't you be lying down or something? <laughs> what on earth for? I just had to come and tell you. You'll never guess. His name's Arthur, too. <laughs> come along, dear. Oh, I hope. Who let this revolting child out? Are you my uncle Arthur? Heaven forbid. <laughs> uncle Arthur? Oh, no, no, not me, little boy. This gentleman's your uncle Arthur. I'm sure he's very relieved to see you. Isn't that so, Wilson? Oh, yes, I'm very relieved indeed. Hello, little boy. You're, uh, yes. rather older than I expected. Yeah. Oh. How do you do? I'm all, I'm all, I'm all right, thanks. Here, here, I'm, 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 I'm glad, I'm glad you, I'm glad you, my uncle Arthur. Are oh, you really? Well, that's awfully nice. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. I don't fancy old Baldy over there. <laughs> That episode of Dad's Army from the original television series by Jimmy Perry and David Croft, you heard Arthur Lowe as Captain Mannering, John LeMessurier as Sergeant Wilson, Clive Dunn, Corporal Jones, James Beck, Private Walker, Arnold Ridley, Private Godfrey, Ian Lavender, Private Pike, Bill Pertwee, ARP Warden, and Pearl Hackney as Mrs. Pike. Sergeant Wilson's Little Secret was adapted for radio by Michael Knowles and Harold Snowd and produced by John Dyles. (laughs) 